Welcome back to the I Hear Design podcast. This is Robert Yaminen, editor at Lodge of Interiors and Sources. And if you've been tracking with us for the past couple of weeks, you know we're in a three-part series on technology that we're wrapping up today. Um, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes on ethics of data-driven design and AI, I think you'll really enjoy those, so check those out when you get a chance. But uh, today I want to talk a little bit more about augmented reality and virtual reality tools and how they can be best leveraged in design firms. Because we're seeing more and more uh, AR and VR products and apps being introduced to the market, and I know a lot of larger firms are out there that are already using these platforms pretty regularly, but perhaps some of the smaller and medium-sized firms may not have invested in these technologies just yet or have questions about their efficacy uh, in practice, or maybe some of you listeners are just curious about what all the hype is about. So for that reason, I've asked Brandon Carmichael, Executive Creative Director at Corgan, uh, to join me today. Brandon, thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Great. Well, for our listeners who may not uh, be familiar with you yet, can you uh, tell them just a little bit about your role at Corrigan and your experience working with AR and VR technology? Sure. So there's a group inside of Corrigan called the Media Lab, and uh, we are kind of the storytellers for um, the projects and the design that happens um, with the Corrigan designers and architects. So we get the opportunity to work not only on the projects Corgan works on, but with the clients that Corgan works really in service of telling whatever their unique story is or the different kind of eccentricities in their projects. And so we use a wide range of tools to do that. We've used everything from traditional filming and um, you know motion graphics, architectural visualization, um, but lately, one of the things we've used a lot in, in telling these stories has been AR and VR technology, and I'm, I'm excited to be talking about it. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you're here because, uh, you know, the extent of my firsthand experience with VR so far uh, is my stepson introducing me to a couple of games he plays on it, which were you know, really, <laughs> really cool and amazing, I have to say, you know, kind of otherworldly, but uh that won't go too far in terms of understanding, you know, how it relates to interior design. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad you can offer some insights uh, with our listeners. It's been, it's been my five-year-old uh, was able to pick it up way faster than I was. And so it, right. it, made, it both made me proud and made me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes two of us, man. That's funny. Anyway, so uh, well, why don't we start with some basic one-on-one stuff for maybe some of the newbies that are out there, maybe listening before we get into some meteor content. So by way of definition, like what's what's really the difference between AR and VR technology? Like what are we talking about when we're using these terms? Yeah, so there's for AR and VR, it's actually it can be really straightforward. VR is going to be something where you are um, you're, you're you're basically creating an entire environment completely digitally. So there is no real connection outside of having a space to maybe inter- you know, walk around in. There's no connection to the real world. Augmented right. reality is, is really exactly what it says. It's augmenting our reality in, in real life. And so kind of a, an easy way to think about it is for VR, your experience um, is going to be exactly the same no matter where you're physically standing in the world. So whether you're, you know, um, in Atlanta or you're here in Dallas or you're, you know, at the top of the Empire State Building, the VR experience is going to be the same. For AR, the experience will always be different depending on where you are. And and that can be whether it's in a location or a building or, you know, whatever the whatever you're augmenting um, is 
you're de- you're dependent on a physical base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, is it like fair to say, make the analogy that you know AR is kind of layered on top of where you are, where whereas VR is more immersive. It, exactly. And and you know, one of the other things is it's, it's funny. We we're never satisfied with our acronyms. So you you have VR and AR, which you know we're we're kind of it was difficult to understand the difference. And then as soon as we get a handle on it, people start introducing what may or may not have heard of XR and MR. Um, And so MR is really mixed reality and it it, it depends on who you talk to, but but generally MR mixed reality is kind of a blurring of the lines between the AR and the kind of physicality of it and the VR and the, the digital immersiveness of it. And then XR is really kind of an umbrella term that kind of covers everything. Um, okay. And so it's, it's kind of the high level term that covers AR, VR, and MR. We just got to find more R's and then, you know, we'll, we'll really be set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I wasn't aware of the XR term. So good to know. Okay. So, what do you see as being some of the applications that design firms can can apply with these technologies? Like, like where would it be really useful uh, in practice? Sure. So, uh, like I said, a big part of the, my job is to help the designers here at Corgan in the projects that they're working on and working with clients. And so, um, we've it's, it's been incredible, honestly, as a decision-making tool. Um, you know, there, there's always kind of the the shine and the glam of kind of the new technology and, you know, getting to play games and whatnot in it. But as a decision-making tool, it's been incredible. My, my boss, John Higgs, we were out in um, California and uh, he was sitting in a, in a meeting with kind of the C-suite of some airport directors uh, at a large airport out in California. And they were trying to make a decision on where to put a sign in the new terminal. And they had Mm -hmm. done two different renders and after about an hour and a half to two hours of discussing it, they made the decision they needed to do some more renders to try and put it in a different view. And we just happened to have the Revit model um, ready to go. And, and we were there to, to discuss, or he was there to discuss VR. And um, he's like, well, why don't we just take a look at it in VR? And literally within about five minutes, they made the decision on the spot. Hmm. So think about, even just the money saved in terms of that kind of level of people and man hours spending two hours trying to decide what is an important decision in terms of wayfinding and whatnot. And in five minutes, they were able to kind of walk around the space and, and make a decision on the spot and move on. So there's, as a decision-making tool, it's, it's huge. Um, another really impactful thing, I think I don't have an architecture background. I have a, a film and commercial background. And so one of the, things that I've enjoyed over the last seven years working at Corgan is being able to kind of <laughs> understand how architects think and understanding mm-hmm. the scale for a space. But for people who aren't architects like myself, when you're able to immerse yourself in a VR experience of a new building, you are, it, you immediately understand the scale of a building. Is it too big? Is it too small? Um, we've done with healthcare projects, we've actually put nurses into the ER rooms as, as detailed as, is this desk at the right height? Is, is the yeah. layout of the room feel functional, you know? And, and so being able to take people who may not have a design background and, and help them understand the scale and functionality of the space has been another really, really important piece. And then, you know, a third thing is, is just being able to control kind of an immersive story, being able to, to give people an experience where 
they are they're able to experience a building or a, a room or a design in a way that is is very very real but can also still have an effect on the design so in, not having to wait until something is built to realize there may be a better way to do it they can have that and get that feedback and then be able to using that story do a better design and and ultimately have a, a, a more functional space and a happier client right yeah yeah and then also i think uh, too i don't know if you mentioned this earlier but so with the vr I mean, you can the client and the designer don't even necessarily need to be in the same location to be looking at the same project right like i mean you could have a client in china and be in dallas right and and still kind of walk yeah. through the space together right Absolutely, we were we were at, with a different with a different airport in in um, in California, and we were told we we basically had a two hour window. And we were told, okay, look, the the senior VP for real estate is going to be only has fifteen minutes. That's all you're going to get. And we're like, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll take whatever you can get. Um, he got there. He was about you know fifteen twenty minutes late. He got there, and we partnered him with a designer that was in Dallas, being able to walk through a space. He literally ended up staying for over an hour just to be able to walk through the space and walk through the designer. The, in that particular experience, they were able to do markups. We also had a couple of fun kind of um, gamification aspects to it. So it wasn't just, you know, looking at, at, at plan drawings. But it's, it's one of those things where the now with the way that the, um, the, the technology is evolving, and I, I know we'll probably talk a little bit about technological challenges that was a technological challenge is being able to get kind of that multi-user environment all synced mm -hmm. together um, but that's one that's been kind of overcome and, and the power of being able to have not just virtual meetings but virtual meetings in a space that you're you know designing is is really powerful mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's, it's so fascinating and uh yeah i can just imagine the benefits like you said time and cost and all that but um I mean, as far as getting started using this kind of technology, I mean, what kind of equipment do do people need? How expensive is it? How easy is it to use? What can you give us on that? So, I mean, the the really cool thing is most people have VR technology in their pockets they're walking around with. So you can mm -hmm. start something as basic as a phone. I, I don't know if you uh, got caught up in the Pokemon Go craze, um, but <laughs> not really. Whether, but yeah. I, I, it was crazy. I know you're, you're familiar with it. I, I I may or may not have had uh, a couple of weeks there where I was fascinated with it. Probably more <laughs> from a technology level than any right. kind of Pokemon. But uh, but the the cool part of it was yes, that's all AR technology. That the entire game is based on AR technology. It's it's mm -hmm. augmenting your real world with in this case animals that you know you're trying to capture and and win points and. And um, I didn't get very far in the game, so I'm not sure I can do that part of it. But, but, but that's augmented reality. You know, another really cool application that IKEA has been doing for a couple of – it's been well over a year. It may have been a couple of years – is the ability with, with uh, an app to um, place their furniture in – you know, you, you're standing in your living room. You can place the furniture – in the correct scale in your living room to see how it would look and function and all that kind of stuff. And that's something that, again, you can just use your phone um, in, in, in the AR side of it. The VR, yeah. I'm sure pretty much everybody has at least seen what is affectionately known as the Google Cardboard. There's actually several mm -hmm. different kinds of cardboard goggles, but Google was the first to kind of make it popular. And so um, by slipping your phone into this basically this cardboard headset, um, when you have VR-enabled content, which is 
There's tons of it on YouTube and specific apps. You're able to play games. You're able to virtually tour, you know, experiences all over the world. And, um, and again, it's, it's all either with only your phone or with your phone and a $20 cardboard headset. And that can really scale from maybe let's call that the really easy ease of use, but maybe not as immersive to the other side of the scale that is maybe um, requires more setup and is not quite as, as easy, um, but the level of immersion is, is jaw-dropping. So on the other side of that scale, we'll sit something like the HTC Vive Pro or the, um, the new Oculus uh, Rift S or Quest. I mean, those, those are headsets mm-hmm. that when you put them on, you can have completely immersive experiences. It, it literally will, will make you feel like you've transported. You can interact with the digital world in a physical way. Um, there's, there's all kinds of really cool things. I was at CES this year, and I got to try out some of the haptic suits, uh, haptic mm-hmm. chests, and they have, have full-body haptic suits. So, you know, with the haptic, that's when something hits you in a virtual space, creating a sensation on your skin that you got hit. And, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. crazy how far it's went. It's like Ready Player One, but like in a mm-hmm. couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I, and I know there's, there's stuff in between, too. Like I mentioned the really low cost and the kind of the higher end. Um, I think it was Oculus Go. I, I recently announced they came yep. down to like 200, 200 bucks for a, a pre-standing headset. So you just kind of put it on and go, right? Yeah. I'll tell you, the, the, the one that I'm the most impressed with right now and, and the one that we have really, um, I think, are going to make a, an, an investment in this year is the Oculus Quest. And there's a couple of reasons why. I, I don't mean to jump ahead on you, but mm-hmm. they no, have really thought through some of the challenges that have had issues. So, you know, on okay. the Google Cardboard side of things, it there is no real tracking that happens it basically is just using the accelerometer in your phone to kind of as you move your head it'll move whatever the image is but you're not really tracking in the real world mm-hmm. on the other side with the HTC Vive Pro you've got you know it has these light boxes that are these external little squares that you put in a room and using um, registers with the headset and so it kind of knows where you are in virtual space so you can very realistically you can move around the space by just walking through it. What's sitting in the middle, both on a price level and in kind of a technology advancement, is the Oculus Quest for two reasons. One is they, the, the AC Vive Pro, where you're using external boxes, is called outside-in tracking. So it's using outside hardware to track you in the digital world. Mm-hmm. The Oculus Quest uses inside-out tracking. So it has cameras embedded in the headset that are constantly reading where you are in a room. You don't have to have any other external hardware to set up. Um, and it, it basically just tracks you based on what's in your room. So if you have chairs or something in your room, it's using that as a tracking point to track you and translate that into the digital world. The other really cool thing about the Oculus Quest is, this is going to sound like an Oculus Quest commercial. I don't have any stock in Oculus. <laughs> but, we'll, we'll, head them up, but, we'll head them up for an ad or, you know, they'll sponsor the podcast. There, there you go. <laughs> but the, uh, I had the joy of sitting next to the head of development for Oculus on a panel last year. and He was, he was a really cool guy. But um, they, uh, what's cool is they also have both a tethered and untethered mode. So one of the advantages to, like I said, the, the HTC Vive is it's, it's, it's 
very immersive. The screen is a 4K screen. It's very brilliant. It's, you know, it, it makes you feel like you're there. The You can't do that with an untethered headset, meaning you have to have a cord that goes to a computer that's basically right. feeding the headset the data. With the Oculus Quest, they're the first ones really that have nailed being able to be tethered and untethered. So if you, let's say, for example, you're just going to a client site and you just want to be able to walk them through just kind of a basic layout of a, of a, of a, of a project or you just have kind of a mid-range experience. Still really immersive, still very powerful, but it doesn't require kind of the extra horsepower. Okay. Previously, you either had to choose like a, you know, an Oculus Go or a Google Cardboard or a Google Daydream, or if you wanted to have something that was tethered where it really had the horsepower if you were going to do gaming or you were going to be in a big project and you really needed it to be, you know, really photoreal, then you had to use an HTC Vive Pro. The Oculus lets you do both. So you can have an untethered experience or you can have a tethered experience that really kicks up the horsepower and, and lets you experience in a, in a, in a new way. That's very cool. Yeah, and you, you talked there a little bit about presenting a project to clients. Uh, like, how popular is AR and VR uh, these days, like, to clients, or how important is it? Like, do they expect firms to show uh, designs using these platforms, or is it still kind of more of that wow factor? Um, you know, it's it's been funny. It, it used to be that they didn't really – it was like with renders. Years ago – renders were kind of an add-on these faux real renders that that really gave a client the feel for a space on a, on a 2d level and then it became just part of the natural process and the natural expectation for what clients expect in a project um i have a feeling vr is going to follow a similar cycle vr specifically not necessarily ar but vr specifically right. because of the immersiveness it's already something where uh we we basically included in, in all the different projects we do where clients want to come in and experience the space. It's, it's, it's very, very common for them to ask. And it is, I would imagine within the next, even just probably year or two, it's just part of, it's just part of how you do business. It's part of how you specifically in the architecture world, how you design. And, and uh, it, of course clients would come and pop into VR. Um, it, it, it's not even going to be something that is like a, it's just going to be part of the design tools. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes sense. I mean, obviously, you're, we're creating physical environments that are three-dimensional uh, to be able to show those designs in a similar kind of format or scale, even if it's virtual, uh, makes a whole lot of sense. So, And, and one, of those challenges, yeah, one of those challenges that was, again, uh, it was a, initially a challenge is, okay, we well, had to do all this cleanup to a model or an experience in order to be able to have it come through cleanly in VR. That's just not the case anymore. Um, you know, Revit utilizes an Enscape plugin where it's, I mean, it's crazy. What used to be like a week or two of work for a guy to sit down and clean up a model, uh, now is is one button. Like you, you push a button and you got your Revit model. In fact, I was, this is a big part of what I was doing very early this morning is you, you're in your Revit model, you push a button and boom, you give it about 30 seconds and you're in a VR experience in the model. Uh, and it's it's crazy that the technology has gotten that good where you just don't have to spend the time prepping a model. It's, it actually becomes a useful design tool because yeah. if there's a question, you know, even if the designer is like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do X, Y, or Z, I just throw my headset on that's sitting on my desk. I hit a button. I can look at it and make the decision and move on. Mm-hmm. 
That's really cool. Yeah, and that does it opens up a lot of possibilities for designers. Um, where is this all kind of headed? You know. Well, it's it's crazy because you know again I, I'm not I do not have specifically a design background, but we work that's, that's who we work with day in and day out, and a lot of times we get we have these you know early adopters that are like okay when can I design in VR? We we have we have VR contests where people are using. Uh, I can't think of the name. It's totally left me, but it's a it's a painting program where they'll you know sculpt and and do different things in in 3D. Right. Uh, but what there are some programs out there, and we've been fortunate enough to be able to partner and get alpha alpha versions of some of these products, where they will literally let you pull your Revit model in, and you can it, it's um, two way compatible. So when you make a change in VR to the Revit model, it reflects in your in your you know your your model file. I'll be honest with you, we've been a little bit slow to adopt that kind of widespread because you can very easily screw up your Revit model without <laughs> realizing it. Right. So I think one of the things the uh, company we've a software company we've been working with is, is like, hey, yeah, you got there, and now we're able to modify it, but now we probably ought to put some checks and boxes to make sure you <laughs> you don't really screw up your Revit file. Or your right. file, but um, but I, I totally. I mean, it as a storyteller, like immersive, just opens up so many cool possibilities in, in being able to experience a story. I know it's exactly the same for the architects and designers to be able to be in the space in real time, in correct scale, while you're creating the space and designing the spaces. I mean, that's that's the dream, um, mm-hmm. and it. There are ways to do it. It's not mainstream yet, but but it's definitely there's ways to do it. And I think it's I think that'll be the next big kind of milestone for the architecture and design industry. At least I hope so. Is the ability to to do new and kind of different designs inside of VR. Yeah, yeah, that's really really cool. I want to go back kind of like a little bit because you were talking about you know doing something in in the in the VR model and kind of screwing up the Revit. So I was going to ask you about like best practice, like what are some things that designers should keep in mind when they're using technologies? Like are there things that they should either always remember to do or stuff they should never do? Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll give you some some kind of high level stuff only because that the, the the designing inside of VR in other SketchUp model is something we're still very very new at. So I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to represent it, that I have uh, a ton of best practice for that. But I think the very first thing with anybody having anything to do with VR and AR is don't be scared of it. There's right. there's a lot of people that you know um, were and scared is probably a strong word, but they just didn't want to get sick. I've been in those experiences. There are headsets. There are headsets even at CES this last year that I was in that it was it was not a pleasant experience at all. Mm. Um, I can I can tell you the the vibe the HTC Vive is probably one of the most solid experiences we've had at the Oculus Quest and the Rift are, have really been good experiences. So it, it, there's really no reason for people not to try VR. So the reason why VR is getting the adoption rate it's getting is because people are trying it and finding unique and kind of creative ways to use it. So best practice number one would be get into it. And it's okay. Like it's okay if it's games and it doesn't, it, it can be uh, drawing. It can be whatever the experience it is. A big part of it is just learning how to use the technology, learning the different kind of ways people use UI and, and UX in these experiences. And, um, and so I, the, definitely the first part is just get in there and try it and, and use it. Don't be scared of it. Um, Mm-hmm. And then I think the the second thing would be 
again, probably something not unique to VR and, and AR, but is really just make sure whatever you're doing, uh, you have a backup. <laughs> so that if you're in there, yeah. you're experimenting and playing with things, you're not doing it with the only copy of the file that you have. Right. But, uh, but it's one of those things where that, uh, you know, I, I think just finding ways to, to, to use the technology and then um, doing it in a, in a safe environment is, is really a, a good way to go. And, and cost really isn't an inhibitor anymore. I mean, you can do full experiences for, you know, significantly under five grand. And, and really, like you were mentioning, some of the Oculus Go and Oculus Quest stuff is, is something that is, I mean, for several hundred dollars, you can get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously the technology is changing constantly. It's moving kind of at, at light speed almost. But what excites you the most about working in, in AR and VR as far as these tools go? Again, for me, it's from a storytelling aspect. It's, and I'll use story a little bit broadly here. But being able for people to experience, um, whether it's a design, whether it's, you know, it's one of the things that's, that's been really cool. We've been um, working with a, a couple of companies to combine VR and eye tracking. And the idea being when people have a VR headset on, we have little cameras in the headset that are tracking what their eyes are looking at. And so they can, the eye tracking has actually been something that's been around for a while and people would go, and even, even on some projects we did this years ago, where you would put eye tracking glasses on and you'd go walk through a space and we'd say, okay, does the wayfinding perform the way we think it should? Or does, do people, mm-hmm. like when people are trying to get in a hospital from an ER to a registration desk, like is that a stressful experience for them? Now we can do it in VR and it can, it, it's all before the design is locked. So before it was something like, well, okay, it didn't perform exactly the way we wanted it to. So we needed to make these adjustments and you kind of had to do it post-construction or post-occupancy. Now we can do all that before design is locked. And it, it means that you get to really test and quantify your design with real hard data to make sure it's something that is, you know, human centric and, and something that's going to really serve the people in the, in the building. So I'm, I'm really excited about that part of it. But again, in terms of a storytelling aspect, and it's funny, I, I never really thought of architecture and the kind of storytelling that I do as something that is as closely linked as I'm realizing it is, because really, so many of the designers in my boss, who, who is an architect um, and has an architecture background, often says this, is, you know, buildings are just stories big enough for people to live in. And, hmm. and I love, I love that well, thing, because it's, it's yeah, it's, it's so true. So many of the architects here, the reason they're architects is because they want to create a better experience and, and experience thrown around a lot, but they want to create a better feeling for people when they come into buildings and designs. And, and it's one of the, the core values at Corgan is creating places where our clients thrive. And so they really want to create those experiences and being able to use VR and AR to make sure that those places, once they're built, are the best they can be. That is that I'm super excited about that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the possibilities of these technologies, I mean, are pretty mind blowing, and it's going to be really interesting to see where this all goes and and the ways it'll continue to inform the design process and the way people live and work. So, um, well, I, I will say today. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Can I there. give you one other thing? Because we've talked a lot yeah. about AR, VR. I wanted to say one quick thing about AR. Um, 
and, and VR, again, it gets a lot of, VR is actually about a probably year or two ahead of AR in terms of kind of where it is on its technology curve. But AR has so much potential once something is built. So everything from wayfinding through a crowded airport for somebody that's not used to being there and they can pull their phone out, literally a path will light up in front of them using their phone's camera. Or from a technology standpoint, being able to walk around a building and and um, not just for wayfinding, but be able to, you know, um, we've used it in data centers where they're able to identify issues immediately on a rack with a, uh, a camera-enabled device. So I, I'm really, it's a different technology and it's a different way of looking at the problem, but I'm really excited about where AR is going to go too, because it's, it's a little bit more wild west at the moment, but that mm-hmm. opens up so many more possibilities for where it could go. Right. It's great. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up as well. So yeah, thanks for that. We'll pause here for today. Thanks again for being here, uh, Brandon. It's always a, a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Well, great. That does it for our technology series, guys. But we've got a new series starting soon on acoustic, so stay tuned for that. If you have comments on today's broadcast or any other topic we've discussed or that you'd like for us to cover on I Hear Design, uh, reach out to us on social media or drop us a line at interiorsandsources.com slash contact dash us. And as always, thanks and be well, everyone. Thank you.